In life's journey, we must seek to reflect, learn, and grow. Welcome to the Road to Rediscovery with your host, Aubrey Johnson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Road to Rediscovery. I'm your host, Aubrey Johnson. The Road to Rediscovery is about reflecting on life lessons to learn and grow from them and to take it to the next level and help others who are struggling through dark times. You know, sometimes we're often mesmerized by celebrities, right? Be it a movie star or a musician, recording artist, or, or maybe our favorite professional athlete. In fact, we sometimes revel in their success and fame. But how many of us considers two things, right? One, these are just ordinary people. And two, they have their share of obstacles, setbacks, and adversities. They weren't always successful and famous, right? How many of us have ever looked into the eyes of someone like this and realized they have pain and suffering just like us? This practice is often referred to as walking a mile in someone else's shoes, right? Well, my special guest is a fitness personality, coach, author, and speaker. He's a former Mr. Europe, Mr. World, and Mr. Universe champion. He's also the founder of Executive Inner Fitness, which we'll dig into more later on. But all this success didn't come without challenges. Born premature and sick at 2.2 pounds, then growing up and becoming the target of bullies, racism, and poverty, he was also homeless twice. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Mr. Nordin Zaureg to the show. Hey, Nordin, how are you, man? Welcome to the show. Great, Aubrey. I'm, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely, man. And we reciprocate. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on to the show. I can't wait to unpack this extraordinary journey of yours, okay? So let's just go ahead and get started. I mentioned in the introduction how you were born premature and sick. Now, can you share with the listeners the added dynamic in how and where you were born? Yes, Aubrey, uh, I was born in Algeria in mm. uh, a town, actually back then it was just uh, an oasis just right uh, before you enter the Sahara Desert, a town called Rumana. Mm -hmm. And um, at the time, my, both my parents, my mom and my dad, were packed into French army trucks to go and um, vote for the Algerian uh, independence. Yeah. So here you go. You have uh, a um, truck full of, of uh, Bedouins, Berbers, mm -hmm. That's where I come from, from a tribe, a Berber tribe. And uh, my mom, 15 years old, uh, she was pregnant of me. And uh, she was um, six months pregnant. So I wanted to come to this world. And <laughs> I knocked on the door and I wanted to, to get out. And you were so eager. That, yeah, I was eager to come to this world. And, uh, you know, uh, so. I'm always, you know, I want it, I want it uh, yesterday. That's the way I think. That's the way I do a lot of my things. And uh, <laughs> it's good and it's bad as well. Uh, but anyway, so to come back to my birth, um, <laughs> they started the, um, the, 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 the process. Uh, she started the process of giving birth in the truck. And the truck was my grandpa mm -hmm. on my mother's side, or my father's side, sorry, my grandma. Mm -hmm. and my father and my mom mm. wow. and um it's my grandpa that had the courage to actually um take on the 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 delivery process i see wow and and i uh, used a, a little pocket knife mm -hmm. uh, to do it they oh needless to say they stopped the truck they got out to finish the process and under an acacia tree, they buried the uh, placenta. Really? That's how my journey started. That's how Nordin Zwareg came to this world from a 15 year old um, Berber and a 29 year old uh, father. Extraordinary. 
absolutely extraordinary. I mean, you, you just can't make stuff like this up, man. I mean, no, a, I a, couldn't. <laughs> no, an amazing journey, an amazing start to the journey. But that's, that's the yeah. start. Yeah. So um, throughout your childhood, it's, um, from what I understand, it seems like you were plagued with uh, illnesses and poor health. Um, let's talk a little bit about your childhood, right? Um, from a health perspective, uh, while you were having these these illnesses like rickets and so forth, um, what what was your mindset at that time? I mean, did you still have a positive outlook? Was there one person that helped keep keep you like mentally stable and 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 try as best as possible to to live like a normal kid or normal child growing up? Or what was your mindset like in the midst of uh, these uh, illnesses? Well, Aubrey, I'm going to try to answer as best as I can. As you know, these uh, kind of questions always take you back to That's the true. moment. Oh, so yeah. even though I don't recall when I was born, I don't recall what they were doing, uh, I can talk to you about my uh, journey from when I started to uh, understand life, uh, okay. from when I started to uh, um, you know, have this consciousness level. Um, but I can tell you that uh, the story goes something like this. Um, when I was born, of course, three months premature, it always comes with certain degree of challenges uh, in terms of health. Right. So my parents needed to seek medical attention for me because I was barely this big. I was 2.2 pounds, one kilo. Mm. And from what my parents, uh, from what that the story um, tells, it, I, I, I wasn't, you know, um, healthy, of course. And I was crying all the time, Aubrey, crying all the time. Even when they fed me, I was crying all the time. Um, and, and, and so they decided help with the, uh, the, 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 the tribe, um, leaders to come up with a certain amount of money and they're sent to France to seek medical attention. Mm, okay. So, uh, the journey, uh, on the plane was fine. And then when they got to Paris, they needed to take a train to go to, a town called Roubaix, and it's about two and a half hours train. Uh, at the time, they were just regular train, not no speed train, and uh, they had to have a ticket for me too. On the airplane, they carried me, no ticket. They didn't have right. to pay, but on the train, they needed a ticket, and they didn't have money. Oh my! So Man. my father decided to hide me in his coat pocket. You were that small. So I was that small. Wow. So I even even at the few months old, I was still small. So that was turned out to be the most comfortable trip I've ever made in my dad's coat. Amazing. So Amazing. when they arrived to this little town, Roubaix, the reason they went there is because they had some relative leaving, uh, living there. Yes. So long story short, we uh, got in, in Roubaix, France. They seek medical attention. I was diagnosed with rickets and I was prescribed a, a shot of every day. I needed to, uh, a nurse came and shot me with what uh, is known to be calcium and, and, and other things. And uh, for several months, I spent two years of my life in and out of hospitals. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think, Aubrey, that's where um, I, started, I started to be afraid. Um, because even though um, every time I, I see a hospital, every time I see a doctor, I freak out. So that leads me to think that Perhaps that was it's it's tied to the experience of me having to go to hospitals and get, getting shot every 
every day. And um, so that's how it started. And um, from there, you know, fear has a lot of um, what I call subcategories. You know, um, uh, I developed a chronic anxiety. Mm -hmm. I developed panic attacks, mm -hmm. um, nightmares. Yeah. You know, we can call that trauma. Yeah, we yes. can call that trauma. Yes. And <clears throat> so for a long time, Aubrey, uh, I was um, coping with all of that alone because you have two uh, North African Berber in a uh, uh, foreign country, um, didn't speak the language, both right. my parents were illiterate. They didn't speak or they didn't uh, write um, and they didn't read. And so how do you, my parents were forced to stay there because they had to seek medical attention that was long-term medical attention. So they had other kids. Mm. So the family turned out to, to, to be a family of 13, nine sisters and three brothers. Uh, so in the beginning, we shared an apartment uh, and I can remember sleeping uh, in one bedroom with my siblings, up to eight kids in, on the same bed. And my parents sleeping on the ground. Oh my goodness. For a long time, my father, the only person who was working. And you know, this is the one thing that uh, I always tell people, even though I say my father was the only one person that was providing that's erroneous because my mom was providing as well. She was providing love. She yes. was providing attention. Yes. She was providing a lot of things that people neglect and, and tend to um, forget that a mom right. has many, many jobs and they're hard. The only thing that a mom um, is, 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 is built with, which I don't think dads have, is the ability to love that much and turn hard work or turn effort into effortless actions. Right. You know, so yeah. that's how she was able to raise us. Imagine two kids uh, uh, sucking the breasts, two kids uh, yeah. pulling on, the, on her dress, two kids, yeah. you know, uh, wow. it, I can only imagine yeah. how difficult she had uh, uh, you know, but at the same time, she loved us. And I think that she had those moments of happiness. I am, uh, I'm convinced of that. And listen, it's funny when people say, would you do it again? And I say, yes, yeah. I would do it again. I would, it's not, it's not up to me. It's not that I did it because right. I, right. you know, ch chose, but yeah. no, I, I would live that life again childhood again why because we bonded because the kids nowadays they're on their phone all of the time they don't give you their attention they don't pay attention no. to you right. and back then we did not have that no we were playing you know with what we had toys and we we're paying attention to our parents and all that so yeah. to return to one of the questions you asked how you dealt with the this inner environment, yeah. even though I was grow I, I was growing up with a, in a healthy family, poor, mind you, okay, oh, yeah. um, and 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 paralyzed also themselves with fear fear of racists, um, uh, fear of 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 being you know I, I remember from the age I was able to read I was the only one that could read. My father would ask me to read notes that the, uh, um, some French uh, people, when I say French, you know, uh, there are French North African. Back then it was the French, French, and then the immigrants, us. And so uh, read a, a note that would be uh, put under the door that said, if you don't go back to Africa, we will burn you alive. Oh my. These are the notes, Aubrey, that I had to read to my parents. Oh my gosh. You know? 
So yeah. how do you, as a child, how do you deal? That's another trauma. Oh, it totally is. Okay. It, it, so absolutely. until the time where I did not want to read them anymore. Right. Okay. Thank yeah. God nothing happened. Uh, well, when I say nothing, nothing that critical, you know, critical right. and dangerous right. happened. Right. But I seen my father pushed and 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 kicked. You know, yeah. I seen people spitting on us. I spit. I seen racism. I seen bullies. Yes, as you uh, uh, asked, you know, how did you deal with the bullies? I did not deal with the bullies. I couldn't deal with the bullies. I had to come up with the coping mechanism a coping mechanism because remember i told you i wasn't telling anyone right and this usually right. that's what happened to kids that are bullied and so i can give you many examples of the way kids bullied me and aubrey that was not only the kids but the teachers as well your kids i think the, the teachers, teachers too bullied me more than the kids did Oh, man. you know, and, uh, you know, the, the, the gym teacher twice almost killed me um, and wow. via ordering the kids to put me under gymnastic mat and jump on it until I couldn't breathe anymore. Another occasion, uh, the first time we went to uh, swimming lessons, to, uh, they took us there and he pushed me instead of teaching us the right way. Everybody's put aside and pushed me in there until I couldn't almost drawn oh they, my goodness and they they uh they decided to uh to save me but that was all you know in the name of um joking around and that was pure hardcore hatred racism right you know right yeah. so anyway there are a lot of ways you know of being bullied and that also created trauma you know yeah. so yeah and so the coping mechanism that i created or actually I continued using that is what I mentioned earlier. I was crying when I was a baby, but that's what I used right. to make me feel better after each day of school. I would come back mm -hmm. home, go mm -hmm. to my room or the room we were uh, um, sharing with my sibling. I would sit down on the bed and cry, cry. It would probably last 10, 15, 20 minutes. And then right. it just evaporates. Mm. off my chest i see yeah that's and then yeah. i would continue you know that's what saved me and saved my life man you that's know, i amazing. made one attempt yeah. to kill myself when i was 14 years old oh my you no know? and lucky yeah. my father found me in the bathroom he saw the blood coming out um under the door and just broke the door came in and they saved me you know so oh, wow. i used this arm Mm -hmm. But to tell you, these are the things, the challenges that my first journey, my child childhood journey, um, you know, was full of. You know, you know that's absolutely, um, man, tremendous, Nordine, absolutely tremendous. And and for your mother, you know, that 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 spirit of nurture, right, was inherent, whether she had one child or thirteen children, right. And that's a lot to take. And I actually visualized it as you were, you know, explaining um, two kids breastfeeding. She's holding with two hands. And that's how and, she, she describes it. Really? And two and, and two or three children pulling down on her apron strings or, or her, her dress, and the right? Screaming around. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, and one other thing that I, I found absolutely fascinating, what you just shared with us, Nordine, is um, you mentioned a... Um, an operative word, and that's trauma, okay? Traumatic experiences. So your traumatic experiences weren't just from, say, the illness and the poor health, you know, getting shots day after day after day, and then having anxiety of going in and out of hospitals, right? I mean, that in and of itself can be traumatic. But on top of that, having to read these written threats you know, about if you don't go back to Africa and you're the only one in your family who can read and having to read it to your parents and you're a child, you're a child. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when it comes to traumatic experiences, especially at a young age, different people respond to trauma 
differently. Differently. And your coping mechanism, you kept it to yourself, but when you're in a room alone and you cry and you let it out and this, this, this pressure evaporates from you, I would imagine that it's only for a little time until more trauma presents itself in day-to-day life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but the one thing that we all have to understand when we go to trauma, uh, two person can be dealing differently. One can be resilient and deal with it better than another. Yes. who does not have resilience, who does not have any sense of self-worth. Um, and so I think the key here is uh, finding coping mechanism that you can use. And yes. when I say coping mechanism, you know, I'm talking, I'm referring to natural ways, not uh, band-aids not uh, 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 drugs, I call them spiritual substitute. Do not substitute your spirituality with drugs or food and sex, any kind of addiction. What I use is purely natural and that is crying my problems out, crying my problems out. And then when I discovered that what was happening is actually me projecting onto others the low level of um or or low self-esteem and that's another in my book inner fitness i talk about this self-esteem you know this society driven self-esteem everybody is talking about self-esteem social media is based on social on on self-esteem political rallies um Politicians are using that. Everyone is using self-esteem. You know, they use it to put you down and then they give you, they offer a, the the magical pill, the magical pill to to boost that self-esteem. And they Mm -hmm. do that on and off and and, and on and on and on and on in any, in any fields, you know, the fitness field is full of it. Um, oh, I'm sure. No, I'm sure it is, man. And 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 you you touched on a key part regarding self-esteem in your book, and 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 I want to touch on that and talk a little bit more into that here in a yeah, minute. Yeah. So uh, without, without yeah. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say um, I, I wanted to ask regarding trauma and how different people respond differently, right? Um, t- you just mentioned it. There's one of two ways you can respond to trauma. You know, some people respond to trauma in a perpetual form, right? Meaning that, you know, if they have a traumatic experience brought onto them at an early age, and as they grow older, they repeat it by bringing it on to their children or bringing it on to their families. And then you have other people who have gone through traumatic experiences, and they are bound and determined to break that cycle, okay? They're like, you know what? I don't like this. When, it, when I grow up, I don't want to impose this on my family. I don't want to impose this on myself. And so in responding to the trauma, the many different types of trauma you had, Nordine, um, how and when did you begin to actively pursue health and wellness? Uh, where, 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 where does that bridge connect for you in your journey? So, you know, uh, as I mentioned earlier, um, Crying was a great coping mechanism because mm-hmm. I was busy. I would, you know, I call this meditation. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's that. You know, um, just letting go. I was letting go of my problems, Good. and via crying, you know, I yes. uh, stumbled upon meditation thirty years ago, and then uh, I equate them. You know, I I I truly believe that. You know, to me. I was meditating, not knowing I was meditating. Anyway, right, right, so yeah. so when uh, so I think you know um, one of the things that I tell uh, people is, you know, if you feel a certain way and you don't like the way you feel, one good thing to do is to go to the original thought to your mind and visit that, revisit what's making you feel because your feelings come from the way you think. 
Right. That's where it comes from. First you right. think about certain things and then you feel a certain way mm -hmm. and then you manifest via, via action and behavior. This being said, if you're feeling before you, 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 you commit or, or, or any action or, or, or behavior, before you manifest that feeling, um, if you don't like it, if you don't like the way you feel, if you know it's not conducive to your health and well-being, revisit the, the thought and change the thought. Mm. Okay, mm -hmm. change the thought. Mm -hmm. Now you have a new thought, new feeling, hopefully more positive. Then you can go on with, with, with your life and experience. So I always say, what uh, when you're busy, creating the good stuff you're not busy creating the bad stuff okay right. in other words right. if you think negative obviously you're going to react yes but if you're thinking positively and get involved with your feelings then you have a more positive outcome if your thought is positive so when did i start um recognizing that I needed a certain help. When did I realize that Nordine needed to do this or be this in order to solve my predicament? In other words, when did I start gaining awareness yes. of my predicament? <clears throat> well, uh, I think that happens when you long for a solution, you long for an answer, and you, it only can happen when you put it out there, when you actively seek an answer, you're, all, you're not always, you don't always know what it is that's gonna help you, but keep right. on, keep you on be curious, asking yourself, right? yeah, yeah, you know, how uh -huh. can I feel better, yes. you know, mm -hmm. and, one day, I was coming back from school, I was 19 years old, barely 19 years old, mm -hmm. and um, there was a show on television but, that all my siblings were watching and they were mesmerized <clears throat> by this uh, Russian Olympic gymnast who was doing the uh, Iron Cross. Okay. And he exhibited this beautiful body, incredible. Mm. chisel body mm -hmm. of course you could see his abdominals you know from right. his uh, you know shirt right you know you can see his shoulders his arms and i prompted the powerful question mm -hmm. that led me to get an answer instantly mm. and that was why can't I be like that? There we go. There we go. So when I brought that energy, I call it the power of intention. Yes. The power of your intention. This is the magic that comes out after you truly uh, seek something that is possible for you to achieve. Yes. something that is possible for you to achieve so the answer comes in terms of that day it was yes you can that's a defining moment for you a defining that moment i can tell the defining moment i had captured this picture yes of that body that i wanted i knew that was going to be the solution to my entire life. Yes. Yes. Okay. Once I saw that body, I fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. Fell in love. Wow. When you fall in love, I'm sure we recall when you had to chase your wife before she became your wife. <laughs> yeah. Right? Right, right. But you did whatever it took to be with her. I did. 
I even ended up in New Zealand because I fell in love with someone on the other side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you don't question the how. No, no. You just want to know the what. Once you have the what mm -hmm. cemented in your mind and heart, you can see that picture. Things and people start showing up in your life. Yes. Things and people start showing up in your life. Mm. That's how it all started for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, the sky's the limit at that yeah. time, especially and, like when you fall in love. Uh, and exactly, and Aubrey, guess what? There is an incubation time for anything that we strongly desire. Mm. Okay? You have to really desire that. You have okay. to unleash that power of intention. Yes. Okay? And yes. then create what we call a plan. Right. Okay? Right. And execute. Yes. When when you shoot a when you launch a missile, the missile is programmed already to hit a certain target. Guess what? In the air, in the sky, there is the weather that is going to move. We don't see it. Move the missile right and left. That's right. Right? Yeah. But the missile is going to hit the target because it remembers where it's going. Mm. So every time you meet a challenge, you stumble, stumble, you stumble upon a challenge, you have to remember why you're doing what you're doing. Right. right. You have to remember why you're doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. For what purpose? What is mm -hmm. the result? For me, that was to get just the body of the Olympian. So sure. that's how it started. That's how the pivotal moment started for me. And I think I used that for everything I did in my life, whether wow. it was a relationship, whether it was, was writing a book in a different language, because English is my fourth language. Mm -hmm. So you imagine me writing a book, my first book in English, you know, it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's, and, and then came inner fitness. It's, it's, Many things, you know, I was hired by the top um, wellness resort, celebrity resort, Miraval, as a, a wellness fitness director mm -hmm. to build a program that did not exist. Oh, wow. Okay. Me yeah. coming from the bodybuilding uh, world, you're asking a bodybuilder to create a wellness and fitness program at the, one of the world's best in the world. How do you mm. do that? Well, that's because uh, the person who interviewed me saw this passion that yes. I operate with. Yes. When I'm passionate about something or yes. someone, you can make sure, Aubrey, that well, I will achieve my goal. That's amazing. I love it. And that passion all started from watching that gymnast. And yes. that passion has actually changed the course and the direction of your life from that moment. Absolutely. On. But Aubrey, it can be, yeah. for me, it was watching that gymnast. It could be, you know, reading a sentence in a book. Sure. Yes. It could be watching a, a program on television. Someone said something or right. did something that right. clicked. Yeah. Yeah. It's not right. scripted. No. It's not, no, it's not scripted. It happens when it happens. When it happens. Yes. And I yes. think that you're ready when you want it the most, when yes. you're hungry the most, that's mm -hmm. when you're ready. Mm. That's when your heart takes a picture of it. Beautiful. And it stays there. Beautiful. Yes, it does. And, and, and then you're honed in and focused on achieving. You're focused. That. And then when yeah. you achieve that life is a series of mountain to climb. Yes. Life is a series of mountain to climb. Mm -hmm. When you reach the top of a mountain, you take a rest, you recoup, you recharge, and then set another goal to climb another mountain. That's right. I, that's right. in my opinion, that stops when we're dead. Yes. Yes.
as I, long I, as you're alive, keep moving, keep growing, keep, moving. keep yes. growing. Absolutely. So I want to talk about part one of your book, Inner Fitness, Five Steps to Overcoming Fear and Anxiety While, while Building Your Self-Worth. Uh, there's a part in there where you explain that self-esteem motivates, but doesn't inspire. Can you elaborate on this for the listeners? And, and how do we find our inspiration? Okay, so inspiration is a, 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 a what I call a worldly event. Mm -hmm. uh, motivation is a worldly event. Um, inspiration is soul-driven. Okay. Inspiration, when you really think about the word inspiration, there's the word spirit in it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes, so, it is. <laughs> and so the simple fact that, you know, society likes to motivate you. Right. Uh, the Instagram of the world, the nice little pictures with uh, Bon Steel and abs. It's beautiful. I have nothing against that. Yeah, I, yeah, listen, yeah. I have, I have, you know, mastered that, you know, I have one, one yeah. of the best physique on the planet. So mm -hmm. uh, anyone who thinks that I am trying to badmouth the, the, the traditional world of fitness, I'm not. I'm just calling, uh, calling the, the traditional world of fitness and saying, hey, there's another way to operate. Yes. And so when, when, I, when I talk about, you know, self, you're motivated by self-esteem, I mean it. And this is what I mean. Mary is in her office and she feels like crap. She's sad. Something happened earlier and she's not in a good mood. John comes in her office and compliment her on her beautiful red dress. Mm -hmm. Mary is now, her self-esteem is skyrocketing. Mary is feeling great about herself now. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. So John boosted. Now we're talking about someone who came in the office and boosted that self-esteem for her. Yes. Okay. Two hours later, Mary sees her colleague at lunch, uh, Jennifer. And Jennifer said, Mary, did you gain, did you gain weight? And Mary's self-esteem is down again. I see. Okay. Okay. So we we are dealing with a society-driven element that we've been glorifying all these years. And there are still people who are when I do lectures who try to challenge me on that. But guess what? I've been there. So yes. if you want to have a debate on self-esteem, I can talk to you about self-esteem because I've been there. That's right. Okay? I've yes, been there. Sir. I've been bullied. I've been skinny. You know, yes. I've been, you know, uh, I thought that I was the ugliest person on the planet. I mm. attempted to take my life and listen, I know. Okay. And yes. so if you are trying to tell me that self-worth and self-esteem are the same, then that's when I have a problem. I see. I see. Okay. So I'm yeah. not going to give the book away, but I am going simply going to say people want to know the difference. They can read my book, Inner Fitness, but I will tell you self-esteem and self-worth are absolutely not the same. Self-worth will take you to places you never could imagine you'll be. Mm. Okay, gotcha. it's it's spirit driven and long lasting. Motivation is short lasting and mind driven. Gotcha. Now they're both separate. I understand that, but I, I want to ask: Can motivation be that springboard? Absolutely. Okay. Motivation can be a stepping stone. If you do not operate and if you're not fueled by self-esteem, right? Because it's just a matter of time before someone is not going to like your picture you put on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, just that's a matter true. of time before yeah, someone yeah. leaves a comment and yeah. say, Hey, you know what? Give us a favor and shut up. <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> okay. So that's what I'm saying. 
as yes. long as you detach to the outcome, okay, you're fine. Uh -huh. Gotcha, man. Nordine, um, that was an intriguing part of part one um, that, that I was reading in your book. And, and thank you for sharing that insight. Really appreciate it. It makes, I mean, you've drawn so much clarity in how you explained it. I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly authentically grateful for you uh, sharing that with us. Oh, now, the, um, I don't want to give away the book either, but there's just little anecdotes of good stuff. I mean, listeners, you, you gotta, you gotta read the excerpt and pick up a copy of this book. Um, you know, what you mentioned about money and happiness, how happiness is more of a state of being and not so much of a state of mind, all that type of stuff, man, I was just kind of like drinking it in. And so, you know, I'm, I, I, I just, I just want to thank you for sharing that insight and thank you for you know sharing that 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 part one of uh, of your book. I really appreciate that. You're welcome, Aubrey. All right. So, um, give us some insight on executive um, inner fitness. Okay. When uh, when I founded Executive Inner Fitness, uh, you know I have multi programs in under the umbrella Nordine Zwarek. Okay. Okay. Uh -huh. And 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 so. Uh, I tried to give many flavors to, to the people that I work with. Yes. And I work with a lot of executives as well. And when I, when I founded Executive Inner Fitness uh, and created the program Executive Inner, Inner Fitness, it was to help corporation, you know, pick the, 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 their best producer and their best performers who are, who are, um, reaching a threshold, okay, okay. Yep. Uh, where they're about to explode because of mm -hmm. stress, mm -hmm. um, unhealthy behavior, lack of sleep, and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, um, what I wanted to do is to give them the opportunity to pick, pick the, the people they wanted and have me come over or send them to wellness retreats that I uh, lead um, and just fuel them with powerful tools to create equilibrium in their life and then okay. go back with tools that they can use powerful and effective tools they can use in their everyday life to reprogram recharge and refocus that mm. that is what executive inner fitness does gotcha so that really really uh it it, it enhances their efficiency in doing their work. And I'm sure there's some benefits um, when they come home to their families as well. Absolutely. And when they come home, they're no longer thinking about time. Uh, yeah. They're, you know, they're no longer dealing with time management, but the, they're dealing with energy management. Gotcha. So, so there's a work. Them, oh mm -hmm. yeah. I teach them how to be a lot more effective in a lot less hours than they've been, you know, usually using. And that's what, what caused their their level of stress to sky skyrock and 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 push them to what I call inner chaos. Inner chaos. I got you. I got you. Oh wow, Nordine, um, man, that. How long did have you had that 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 company, Executive Inner Fitness? Uh, so uh, the uh, like I said, uh, everything falls under NordineSwareg.com. Uh, like an enterprise. Been, okay. Uh, I have developed my programs, you know, as far as I can remember. I started doing that in 1999. Gotcha. Um, and while I was the wellness and fitness director at Miraval, doing my work and dealing with uh, staffing, with working with people, speaking, um, yes. doing all that, uh, catering to celebrities and all yes. that, I was also writing you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. putting together my thoughts, Yes. you know, based yes. on my experience and the, and the experience of many, many I've worked with. Gotcha. Gotcha. Understood. hundred percent. Wow. Nordine, a tremendous journey. And I know your journey's not over because like you said, while we're still alive, yeah. continue to learn, continue yeah, to grow, life, right? <laughs> yeah. The big journey, life journey has categories. There are many journeys. Yes. You know, and those are the journeys. Those are the, the mountains I, 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 I like to talk about. Those journeys 
are the mountains yes. I like to talk about. And, uh, you know, whatever you land on, whatever you see that is challenging you, the key here is to be aware yes. of what's happening in your life. You know, yes. it's not what happens to you that matters, but how yes. do you deal with it? Right. Okay, how how to, do you respond? Exactly. How do you respond to yes. what happened to, to it? And then how do you gather evidence and facts that that determines that you have a problem? Maybe right. the problem does not exist. It's only in your head. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, you know, nowadays people don't look for facts or evidence. Uh, and, and I always teach people to look for facts and evidence. You know, false fear is not real fear. How do no. you determine that? But right. the, the feeling is real. No yes. matter if the fear is real or not, you still are going to feel the same way. 100%. The source so, may not be real, but yeah, the feeling that you're getting from it. Exactly. So is, I think yeah. the power of surrendering to, to a, if you find yourself full of challenges. I know the pandemic has brought so many issues in people's life. I strongly suggest that you step back, you take two step back or three step back and look at what's happening around you, in front of you, behind of you, and yes. then accept the reality of it, surrender to it, recoup, recharge, rejuvenate, and go back to fighting reclaim that desire to fight you know right. in the epilogue right. of the book the, the the desire to fight explains how my parents as nomads bedouins had to deal with their lives and yes. how they had that desire to fight yes. how i had that desire to fight and get up and keep moving get yes. up and keep moving this is what i tell people no matter what you go through Please don't despair. Don't give up. Just take a deep breath. Step back. Yes. Look at what's happening with no fear. Bring yourself to the present moment. Mm -hmm. Live in love, not in hate. Live in love, not in fear. Yes. And recharge. Mm. My Strong friend, words. This is the journey of yes. life and it's Completely. a wonderful journey <laughs> if we let it guide us if we let it teach us mm -hmm. absolutely so from your amazing journey let's take a moment and go in retrospect in retrospect can you share with the listeners what role would you say that gratitude played in your journey oh my god aubrey this i think gratitude is what helped people stay in this in this place of love mm -hmm. a gratitude is what fills pe people with hope you can change not only your life, but the lives of so many when you are grateful mm -hmm. for what you have, for who you are, mm -hmm. for who are in your life. You know, there's a saying, I don't know if it's, uh, I know it's one of those Greek philosophers who says, you must learn how to yearn for the things that you already have. Oh, yes. Very okay. profound. Yes. Exactly. You must learn how to yearn, earn, or yearn for or desire the things that you already have. Yes. We neglect yes. the things we already have. We neglect the people that are around us. And that, my friend, cannot be conducive to our health and well-being. Gratitude is so powerful, you know? When you change one life, you change many lives. When you change oh, yeah. one life, mm -hmm. you change many lives. Mm -hmm. When you share that power of gratitude, when you tell people about it and people start using it, my, listen, 
operate. It's this is I tell you so much powerful. The power of gratitude to me is fundamental and is vital, vital to one's health and well-being. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, Nordine. I could not agree more. And like you said, you know, you touch one person, you touch many people. Exactly. All right. So Nordine, how can the listeners learn more about you and pick up a copy of your book and, and and just take in even more of your amazing story because obviously it's a lot more than what you and I talked about right now. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, every one of us has a beautiful story to tell and a, and a not as beautiful story to tell, but guess what? The beautiful mm-hmm. story tells you a, a, a story of you know, gratitude, how you enjoy the people around you, how you you are able to love and the, 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 the and, and, and the not so beautiful story is also instrumental in building that beautiful story. It is without, without the, 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 the challenges, you cannot build a strong person. Oh, not at all. Person, no, absolutely. You know, and no. this is important. We have challenges because they are necessary for us to go through. Yes, yes. You know, there's something that we say on the road to rediscovery, Nordine. And uh, what we say is on our journey of life, on the road, there's going to be obstacles, barriers, and, and all sorts of challenges. Well, these are not in the way of the path. They are the are path. The path. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love it. So as per uh, telling the, 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 the listeners what I do, well, I write, I, I coach, and also uh, speak as well as um, facilitate wellness retreat. I have this wellness retreat called Your Life is Now. Mm. It's designed to bring back sanity uh, in people's lives, especially after the pandemic. Um, yes. They can find that all that on my website, www.nordinezuareg.com. Okay. As per my book, Inner Fitness, Five Steps to Overcoming Fear and Anxiety While Building Your Self-Worth, they can find that anywhere book I sold, are sold, you know. Uh, um, Amazon. And Amazon, Barnes & Noble, everywhere. Okay, okay, fantastic. We're going to have direct links to Nordine's website and book on the episode show yeah, notes. They can, so that, yeah. they can find, a if they want a copy for their kids and a picture of Mr. Universe put in mm-hmm. there, they mm-hmm. can get it on my um, website, nordinezwareg.com slash books. Fantastic. Nordinezwareg.com slash books. If you want a copy with um, your, uh, your, your, your picture from competition, right? Yeah. All right. All right. I can show, Fantastic. I can show you. Can show you. Listen, I'm not. Into yeah. The- lay it on me, man. I know, I know that kids love to see that this beautiful picture that has there a beautiful is. quote that says, no one will believe in you unless you do. There it is. Okay. Look at that. Beautiful, and man. It's and we I can send that and autograph to the people they want. And that they can do on on the, my website because they can't uh, get the, that this way uh, on Amazon because right. it's sold directly to them. Right. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. So we'll we'll definitely put those links on the episode show notes and with clarity. If you want the autograph with the picture, go to Nordine's website. <laughs> exactly. All right, man, this is awesome. Well, now, Nordine, we're going to go into a segment I like to call Three for the Road. And in Three for the Road, this is where I ask my guests three random yet thought-provoking questions that I challenge them to answer in five words or less. So what do you think? You think you're up for it? Yeah. Bring it on. Give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. So here we are. Number one, question number one for three for the road. What should we expect of ourselves? Nothing. Nothing. No expectation, but to be rather than do. Always yearn to be in that place mm-hmm, of love, mm-hmm. which I call a, a love state of being. 
Love state of being. Instead of being in a fear state of mind. When you are in that place where you're operating from love, the expectation become reality. You yes. no longer have to expect anything because it's on its way. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. That makes very, very much uh, clear sense. Appreciate that. All right. Number two. This is a fill in the blank. And by the way, all of my questions are not cookie cutter. They're customized questions for my guests based on their background. Okay. Question number two. Work-life balance can be found. It's a fill in the blank. In one's ability to create equilibrium. In one's ability to create equilibrium. I like that. I like that. Nice. Because nice balance, balance does not exist. Like perfection. Perfection doesn't exist. Balance. balance you can doesn't. be, you can call yourself balance. You can have your life balanced. One minute you get a phone call and your life is no longer balanced. Because when we go, sure. when we sure. talk about balance, we talk about emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual balance. Well, I call yes. that mental, physical, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual equilibrium, because yeah. I know that it's going up and down. Constantly, yes. Yeah. Yes. So that's what life is about. And when we say, when we thrive for balance, we're actually chasing for something that does not exist. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, wonderful. Okay, Nordine, question number three to top us off for three for the road. Now, you're fluent in English, French, and Italian, but I, I understand there's a fourth language. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's, uh, there's, uh, 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 I speak Berber and also speak Berber. Arabic. So Berber and Arabic. Okay. Yeah. So well, if there, wow. Okay, that's five. Yeah, Berber and Arabic added to English, French, and Italian. Wow. If there were a sixth language, but it was an animal language, you could be fluent in. What would French it be? Bulldog. <laughs> a French bulldog? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a French bulldog? Yes. yes. And uh, hey, you want to see what they're thinking, right? Yes. I want to talk to him so bad. <laughs> you know, when he looks at me and he's sad, I'm like, what's going on? Tell right. me. Right. <laughs> when he steals my glasses and he doesn't yeah. want to get given back to me, I just want to be able to say, honey, please, can you just tell me why you like my glasses so bad? <laughs> Oh, that, that's great. Yeah, to speak French Bulldog uh, for you would be wonderful. I mean, that would open up so oh many different answers, right, to your oh, questions. Yeah. Even if you were just with me, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. Oh, that's great, man. Nordine, man, you just knocked three for the road out of the park, done a spectacular job. Thank you so best. much. For sharing that with us, man. Really appreciate it. Nordine, I humbly, humbly thank you for coming on to the show, sharing your insights, giving us a glimpse into who Nordine is and your journey. Man, just absolutely extraordinary. Look, I want us to stay in touch, okay? Absolutely. Six to eight months down the line, if you can come back on the show maybe and give the listeners an update of what's going on in your yes, life. Absolutely. You know, if you welcome me, listen, I'll be there. Oh, fantastic, man. I really, really appreciate it, Nordine. And I want to thank all of you for joining in and tuning in and listening. And look, as a quick reminder, save the date. July 1st is the official launch date of the Rediscovery Roadmap online course. If you're on a quest for personal development, this course offers an introspective approach using the four cornerstones to personal growth. For more information, visit roadtorediscovery.com slash course. That's road, the number two, rediscovery.com slash course. And also, please, if you have a loved one or know someone who seems to be at the end of their rope, just at the bottom of despair, they seem maybe like life is hopeless, nowhere to turn, no direction to go. I humbly ask that you please share this show with them because on the Roads Rediscovery, we want people to know two things. Number one, you are not alone. And number two, there is always hope. There's always hope. We're all roadies on this journey of life. 
and it sure feels good having you on the journey with me. Thanks again for listening. We'll chat again soon. The Road to Rediscovery is an AJ Shark production.